0: This is the Pat O'Keefe Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Back to the captain and uh, this seven-part documentary on Jeter's career. And, uh, Jake, have I been asked to... Be taken off the air?
2: Well, I don't think you've been – I think there's a bunch of Yankees fans outside your house with pitchforks, but besides that – Am I allowed
1: to – I've never heard anybody um, criticize Derek Jeter before. Is that allowed?
2: I've I've heard a lot of people criticize Jeter's defense, and, I mean, Jeter is my favorite athlete of all time. So I am trying to listen to what you're saying and try to, like –
1: You on board at all, or is it a stretch?
2: No, I mean, I get what you're saying. He's certainly at points of this documentary can
1: come off as kind of a jerk. I I totally see that. Well, let me me reset for anybody just joining us. My takeaway after watching the first six parts of the seven-part documentary, my takeaway is that Derek Jeter's a jerk and that Derek Jeter at points in his career, winning was not the most important thing to him. I mean, you look at, Several things that have come up, especially in the last couple of episodes. First of all, he seems to again. This is this is his baby. This is his documentary. He's got final editorial approval. The message, you know, if you were, I don't know if you were old enough. I think you were probably old enough, Jake, to watch the three thousand hit chase and the game winning or the the home run that was the three thousand hit. Will you? Course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, I know you're a much younger man David than I am. David
2: Price, so. I believe.
1: David Price was yeah. the pitcher. The, when they made a uh, MLB.com was following him along that journey. And they did a really good several part series on that. And Jeter gave them access, which I think at the time was the first time in his career. He had done that a huge part of that whole story. And that part of his life was Minka Kelly. Now, Minka Kelly. She was in the box when um, he hit the three thousandth hit the home run. She was next to his father. They were cheering together. I, I think they edited her out completely. I mean, you don't see or hear anything about her in this documentary. She was there for that entire ride of the 2009 World Series Championship and the pursuit of 3,000 hits. So this is his version. He's obviously married now to, to Hannah, and he's got a few daughters, and I was going to say, do you family. think that
2: was a Hannah decision? She, do you think she was like, I better not see any of your ex-lovers uh, here <laughs> <in> the documentary? <laughs> but I was cracking up because... We all know, I'm just going to say it. The gift basket thing has been a rumor since I was a kid. Yes. I was dying to see if they would somehow add it into the documentary. I won't say which episode. I want all of our listeners to watch it because whether he's kind of jerkish at points, it's still very fascinating yes. to watch. And to hear, you know, Jeter curse a little bit and to kind of talk, I will say he does mention the gift baskets. I thought that quote he had on that was very funny but to your point yeah it seems like it's kind of very much so you know as much as it's a jeter documentary to me it feels more like a yankees dynasty documentary with jeter as like the focal point since he kind of was the focal point of that di- do you do you agree with me like as much as it's about jeter and his personal life certainly as the episodes go on and on And all of these great moments throughout Yankees history in the late 90s, early 2000s, you kind of start to see it go from like a Jeter documentary to more so a New York Yankees like dynasty doc. At least that's how I feel watching it.
1: Well, that's because of who Derek Jeter is. He is Derek Jeter largely because of the team success that he enjoyed and the fact that they enjoyed it in New York with the most famous franchise in professional sports. That's You can't tell the Jeter story without telling that era of Yankees dynasty, their story either. So they are intertwined. They've propped each other up um, because of their success. But back to what I had a problem with with Jeter. He didn't welcome A-Rod. He comes across as thinking he is smarter than everyone. And maybe at points in his life, Derek Jeter has been the smartest guy in the room. I'm sure he has surrounded himself with a lot of yes people throughout his career that people who have reached his level of status in society tend to do. Um, A-Rod comes to New York. He's the best player in baseball Jeter is uncomfortable with it from day one. Later on in the documentary, when the Yankees signed CC Sabathia and A.J. Burnett before the 2009 season, Sabathia tells a story, and Sabathia was great in his interview. Sabathia tells a story on how he was on the fence about coming to New York, and Brian Cashman wanted him not only for his pitching, but he wanted Sabathia to be a leader in the clubhouse. He wanted him to be a guy that brought everyone together. Sabathia said one of the most meaningful things to him was when Derek Jeter called him and welcomed him to the team. Why didn't Jeter do that to Alex Rodriguez? You know that A-Rod, for better or worse, and I'm not saying you have to forget about the comments that A-Rod made to Esquire Magazine in the late 1990s, but for better or worse, once A-Rod is on the team you're going to have more success the better he is so I just don't understand why you wouldn't be more welcoming to A-Rod and then there was the play I think it was in 2006 when there's a pop-up it's an August game against the Orioles and I remember watching this live I was living and working in Anchorage Alaska at the time but I remember watching it live and there's a pop-up between third and short actually if you want to be precise about it. It was closer to third base where A-Rod was, and they collided. And the ball, when Jeter knocked into A-Rod, popped out of A-Rod's glove, and Jeter turned to A-Rod and gave him the most dismissive look I've ever seen one teammate give to another. And then Jeter just walked away and basically said, you know what, A-Rod, this is your mess. You pick up that ball, you clean it up, because doing that is beneath me. Now, earlier in this documentary, was there not an entire section of Jeter showing his leadership as a young player in 1998 for calling out David Wells for showing up his teammates, among them a younger Derek Jeter, when an innocent fly ball fell in between three Yankees in left field in a meaningless game. Jeter called out Wells, said, we don't do that here, we don't act like that here, but eight years later, in 2006, now that he's the captain of the Yankees, and knowing that A-Rod is going through probably the toughest year of his career before all the steroid stuff got involved, because in 2006 he could not find his way at the plate. For him to treat a-Rod like that on the field, I thought was an absolute disgrace. And then he sits at his locker after the game, and if you listen to the interview that he gave after that game in 2006, he said, oh, I thought Alex caught the ball, and that's why I started to run off the field. He didn't think A-Rod caught the ball. He knew exactly what happened. So, number one, you screw up the play by knocking into your third baseman when he is camped underneath the ball. Then you derisively stare at him and make him pick up the ball as if you're too good to do that and then after the game you're going to lie lie to everybody about what happened but because he's Derek Jeter throughout his career and he's all about winning nobody would dare question him. We're going to take what he says at face value. Then in 2006 and now in 2022 because Derek Jeter is all about winning he had problems with the media the media was just trying to do their jobs but now if you hear Jeter talk about it in the aftermath he had a problem with the media because they dared infringe upon him when he was wait for it when he was trying to do his job the media was trying to do their jobs. They had a job to do. You had a job to do. Oftentimes in this business, those two things are in direct conflict. Totally respect the approach he took throughout his career with the media. He was at his locker every day. He talked every day while saying nothing. Didn't say anything controversial. Didn't say anything particularly interesting. I don't have a problem with all any of that I didn't at the time and I still don't but his perception of what that relationship was like if you just watch this guy talk he just thinks he's above everybody which to me makes him a jerk Brian Cashman Brian Cashman dared to not want to open the vault for him in 1999 when he was a free agent. That's Brian Cashman's job. If Brian Cashman did that for every great player, then you would have a $500 million payroll. Cashman wanted Jeter to be on the Yankees. He just didn't want to give up the farm. That's his job, and it's a contentious job. That's why Cashman gets paid a lot of money to do his job. Jeter always seemed to have a problem with other people infringing upon him doing his job, but they were actually doing their jobs as well. I think Jeter comes off as a jerk. (laughs) I gotta be honest. Now, it's wildly entertaining. Like I said, for me and for Yankee fans, uh, I think it brings you back to a time in your sports fan life that the going then was as good as it has ever been. But watching this and kind of just getting an insight into who Derek Jeter is today, man, he's not the guy who everybody thinks he is, which brings me to a point that I haven't made publicly, but have thought about this for several years now. And we just had old timers day at Yankee stadium last weekend. Derek Jeter wasn't a part of the festivities And I ask this, why doesn't Derek Jeter participate in Old Timer's Day? And I know they didn't have it in 2020 and 2021 because of COVID, but he's been retired since 2014. Why doesn't Derek Jeter go back for Old Timer's Day? You know, Joe DiMaggio used to go back. Mickey Mantle used to go back. Whitey Ford, Yogi Berra, all the greatest players in franchise history have gone back for Old Timer's Day. They're, those guys are gone now. They're, they're no longer alive. Um, Reggie Jackson used to go back. I know there has been some friction with Reggie Jackson and the Yankees organization in recent years. Um, you know, Mariano Rivera was actually supposed to go back this year. He ended up not making it back, but he's been back. Why doesn't Derek Jeter go back for Old Timer's Day? You know why I think he doesn't go back? I think Derek Jeter, and, and I've thought this for a while and watching how he comes across on the captain, I think Derek Jeter thinks he's bigger than the Yankees. I think Derek Jeter thinks he's too important. He doesn't want to be known, and it's funny because that's his line, I only ever wanted to be known as a Yankee. Great line, endeared him to millions and millions and millions of Yankee fans. Well, if he only wants to be known as a Yankee, there is one day a year in which all of the old Yankees get to come back, they put on their uniforms, they get one final salute and ovation from thousands and thousands of adoring fans. If all you ever wanted in life was to be known as a Yankee, then why don't you come back to old-timers day? I think he feels that is beneath him. It wasn't beneath Mantle. It wasn't beneath DiMaggio or Ford or Berra. It's not beneath Mariano. It wasn't beneath... Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada. Where's Derek Jeter on old timers day? Why isn't he more a part of the Yankees organization? I understand that he has been in ownership. He no longer is. He has been in ownership. It was not successful, but that doesn't make, that's that's certainly not unique to a professional athlete or anyone who goes into Ownership of a sports franchise. It didn't work in Miami. It was a very, very difficult situation to make it work. It's partially his fault. This isn't about that. So he looks at himself as ownership level as opposed to just a former player. But everything that he has gotten in life, this status, the ability to make a seven-part documentary on ESPN – that people eat up with a spoon and the ability to tell your version and only your version of your entire 20 year career and everything that happened in your 20 year career, all of that stuff that he has is a result of the New York Yankees. So where is he now? Why is he not? And I'm not saying he needs to be in the front office or have a job with the Yankees. I'm talking about one day. I'm talking about one day a year, Old Timer's Day. Why is Derek Jeter the most prominent former Yankee who walks this earth, even more so than Mariano Rivera, the most prominent former Yankee on planet earth right now? Why is he not part of Old Timer's Day? All right, let's start things off this hour with Darren in New Jersey. Darren, how you doing?
3: Hey, how's it going, man? Good, Listen, um, no, no disrespect to you at all, but I, I really have a problem with some of the things you said. You said that Derek.
1: If he would have loved to have
3: been there. Against him when that guy hey, he's, Der- he's Derek, he's oh,
1: Derek Jeter. He's he's Derek Jeter. If he would have loved to have been there, he would be there. He has the means and the availability and the lifestyle to go wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Now, let me clear up a couple of things because when you make several comments like I have, some of them can be misconstrued. And right out of the gate, on the first caller, some of them were. During his time, I never said that Derek Jeter felt that he was better than his teammates. My comment is this, okay? Watching the captain right now and watching the present-day interviews that Derek Jeter gives to supplement the story, to tell the story of his career, he, to me, comes off as a guy who thinks he's better than now than everyone who was around him in his career, such as Brian Cashman, such as the members of the media, such as Alex Rodriguez, all of whom were trying to do their respective jobs. And the excuse or the reason that Derek Jeter gives for any conflict that arose between those parties is that he was trying to do his job. I get it. He was trying to do his job, and he did it very well the 310 lifetime batting average, the sixth most hits in Major League Baseball history, the five World Series championships. I'm not arguing with any of that. How this conversation started, for me, watching the captain and the way that Derek Jeter handled specifically the whole Alex Rodriguez quote-unquote partnership when he came to the Bronx, if Jeter had handled that situation better then could he have won more than five World Series championships? Watching him discuss his career right now and listening to the things he says, he comes off as someone who thinks he's better than everyone around him. And he very well may be. He is Derek Jeter. Okay, let's not lose sight of that. But he hasn't been back to an old-timer's day. He doesn't seem to have a vested interest in being part right now of this franchise and organization. So if he's a guy who's coming off as being better than everyone else that he encountered in his career, does he also think he's better or bigger than the Yankees organization? Is that why we haven't seen him come back for an old-timers day? Let's go to Eli. Eli, how you doing?
4: Hey, how's it going? On? Listen, I, I, I agree with you. You made one point in that, you know, what you just said right now. That hits the net. The Derek Jeter, a lot of times, is asked, "Are you going to come back to the whole time this day, whatever?" But he said, "You know that he that part of his life is behind him, where the Yankees, he's you know, always behind him." But I don't think that's the reason. If you see Derek Jeter and, and this little documentary and uh, everything that that went, you know, went down in his career, you could tell that he's very vindic- he holds grudges. He's very vindictive. And I think the reason he hasn't gone to an old-timers day yet is because he feels like a lot of us Yankee fans now, right now, a lot of us Yankee fans hate Brian Cashman, and he hates Brian Cashman. So I can, I can relate to him. Uh, Brian Cashman at the end of, of his, uh, you know, uh, of his, uh, you know, uh, career, like towards the back end, you know, disrespected him, saying that there were better shortstops than him, and and try to lowball him. The same thing that he's doing with Judge right now. You know, and the Yankees, Ryan Cashman, and the and the leadership of the New York Yankees right now, they don't pay respect to players like the old like the old regime did. What they do is they try to make business decisions and and you know try to handle players in a business aspect of things. You know, instead of like they were like for instance with Judge, Judge right now is one of the best players in the Yankees. He grew up in Yankee, was a home talent. And then you're going to try to go to arbitration. When you're trying to deal with this guy to keep him in pinstripes, that's why you didn't sign no players in the season. You're going to say, oh, uh, we're saving our money to sign our homegrown players. And then you're going to give up a, a contract and then blow him up uh, in a press conference saying that you gave him a fair deal. And then you're going to take him to arbitration for $2 million? Come on now. See, that's why Jeter doesn't come back and probably judge is going to leave. Because Brian Cashman and the current regime of the New York Yankees, they think they're better than everybody else, especially Brian Cashman. That's why I wish I, I wish the judge leaves, and I wish that Derek to never come It's all Brian Cashman is up to the front
1: office. Eli, I got you. Thanks for the call. That's Brian Cashman's job, and it's not an easy job. That's why there are thirty of them and at least half of the people who do those jobs are not particularly good at them. Brian Cashman's job... Brian Cashman always wanted Derek Jeter to be a Yankee. I'm confident in saying that. Even at the end, when they had the real contentious negotiation in 2010, even then, he wanted Jeter to be a Yankee. But you can't open up the vault for these guys. This is where franchises get into trouble. The Yankees had Alex Rodriguez in 2007. He hit 57 home runs. He drove in like 156 runs. He had one of the greatest seasons in franchise history. They told him, don't opt out of your contract. Don't opt out of your contract. Don't opt out of your contract. He opted out of his contract. He did it during the 2007 World Series as the Red Sox were about to sweep the Colorado Rockies. He opted out of his contract because he was coming off the greatest year that anyone had had in 20 years. And the Yankees were going to walk away And say they were done with him. They didn't want him to opt out of his contract because for the next seven years, the Texas Rangers were picking up a portion of that contract. But once A-Rod opted out, that old contract went away and it was going to cost the Yankees three times what they were already paying him. And what they were trying to avoid was having Alex Rodriguez at 40 years old making $30 million a year. That's what they're trying to avoid right now with Aaron Judge. It is not an easy job. It's a very lucrative job. Brian Cashman himself has lived a very exciting and lavish life as a result of holding this job as the Yankees general manager since 1998. But the reason he gets those perks, the reason he, quote-unquote, gets paid the big bucks is because he has to make the tough decisions. I hope Jeter's, you could tell that Jeter does not like Brian Cashman from this documentary, but I hope his reasoning for not coming back to old timers day is not that because in the grand scheme, and and I, I don't hate Cashman. I think he's done a fine job. Has he been perfect? No, a lot of his moves have been disappointing, but a lot of his moves have been very good. But in the grand scheme of the History of the Yankees? You can't compare Derek Jeter's role to Brian Cashman's role. He's Derek Jeter. (laughs) You know? He's the most prominent player alive to have worn that uniform. Think back through history. Who are the guys that have held that title? Babe Ruth? Um, Lou Gehrig never did because he died before Babe Ruth. Joe DiMaggio? Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford, Derek Jeter. That's it. That's the short list of the most prominent person on planet Earth to have worn the uniform of the most famous franchise in sports history right now. And for the foreseeable future, it's going to be Derek Jeter. He is revered by this fan base. Come back for them. And for yourself, there's no good reason that I can see right now why he hasn't come back. And you don't even have to come back every single year. But it's just odd that he retired in 2014. Here we are in 2022, and he hasn't been back for an old-timer's day. Why is that? All right, Paddle Key back with you, 98.7 ESPN New York. This Derek Jeter conversation continues. I, I do need to add one caveat that Jake Montgomery, our producer, pointed out to me. And this is an important uh, point. Jeter, of course, recently was the CEO of the Miami Marlins. Now, he may have not felt comfortable being officially affiliated, not affiliated, running another major league franchise uh, and coming back for Old Timers Day. But If you look at the timeline of when he was a member of that organization, he became the CEO in September of 2017. So that was after the 2017 old timers day. So really that would have only wiped out old timers day in 2018 and 2019. There was no old timers day in 2020 and 2021. He could have come this year. And what about he retired in 2014? What about 2015? What about 2016? What about 2017? He's had opportunities to come back. I will give him the period of time in which he was running the Marlins that he did not want to come back. And participate in Old Timers Day when he was running a different major well, league well, Pat, franchise. Well,
2: maybe he saw that this year that the traditional Old Timers game was not being played. They just did introductions and video tributes. So maybe he's waiting for the competition that Derek I Jeter can t- I will tell and, you
1: one thing right now. I'm Jake, just
2: trying to defend him listen, any way I
1: can. I will make a prediction right now. Derek Jeter will never, ever ever taken at-bat in Old Timers Day. I think at some point he'll come back. He will never step in the batter's box. I can promise you that.
2: And it's kind of surprising because, like, even this year without the traditional game that we see, you know, like, his best friends and teammates, Mariano, Tino, Bernie Williams, they're all playing. And it's not like, oh, captains are above it. You know, Willie Randolph, Don Mattingly, we've seen captains. So, to your point, I'm trying to find, like, jeter we you love jeter too so the fact that you're saying it shows you're not being biased at all but me as the yankee guy i'm trying to like defend him and the more you talk you do have some pretty valid points so uh
1: i do well, i appreciate to, that and i, I want, want i want to see him back i want to see him back at yankee stadium my, my father grew up a yankees fan 72 years old uh he remembers going to old timers days and joe dimaggio played okay but it's a, it was a different world then. There were no cameras. There was no social media. Jeter, we, we know that the image has always been important to him, and I respect that. He got through an entire 20-year career uh, in New York as a socialite and a celebrity pretty much unscathed. So he did something right there. I don't think Jeter will ever, ever take an at-bat in an old-timer's day because I don't think he ever wants to put himself in a position where he could look bad. All right, let's go back to the phones, because we've got plenty of people that want to weigh in on this. Let's go to Mike on Staten Island. Mike, how you doing? Mike, what's going on? Hello? Hey, you're on with Pat O'Keefe. What's up, Mike? How
4: are you doing? Thanks for the opportunity. I, I, I just looked at, uh, you know, Bill Russell just died, and they called Derek Gio the captain. just trying to fall from the captain. He, he, he always put himself to 2,000 above him, above the team. He wasn't even the best shortstop. You think Bill Russell was a better center? He wanted to moved to power forward? You think Thurman Munson when to gave up the position? That's what a captain is. A captain is not guy who's got an image. And I talked to people from Rubenside Agency who, who handled the Yankees. They said there was not a dip, more difficult player to ever deal with as a Yankee than Derek Jeter. And you want another thing? Mariano Rivera was more important to the Yankees than he ever was. He was the reason all those championships more than any other person. Nobody had a
1: closure like that. I agree with that last point, Mike. Thanks for the call. As far as the Rubenstein things, I didn't have that conversation, so I I can't really comment on that. That's a Derek Jeter-esque answer, by the way, if you watched the last part of the documentary on how he uh, dealt with the media. (sighs) Some valid points in that. Look, let's be honest. The the, the one thing that struck me, it was A-Rod's first year. If if you've watched the captain – And and I hope you have because I'm going to refer to a specific part, I think, in episode four. And there was a rain delay. A-Rod had just become a Yankee. A-Rod and Jeter found themselves sitting in a dugout together, side by side, during a rain delay. They were, like, the only two there. A-Rod turns to Jeter, says, we okay? Jeter says, kind of. And they asked Jeter about that in present day. Jeter said he couldn't understand... Somebody like Alex Rodriguez giving up his position and coming to another team. He thought there was an ulterior motive there. I don't understand why that's so hard to wrap your brain around. Alex Rodriguez wanted to win a World Series championship. A-Rod was a better baseball player than Derek Jeter. He was a better shortstop than Jeter. He was a better hitter than Jeter. He was faster than Jeter. He was a better power hitter than Jeter. But Jeter was the most famous baseball player because he kept winning championship after championship after championship with the New York Yankees. So A-Rod sees this and is like, hey, that's what I need to do. So that's why he wanted to come to New York. First, he wanted to go to Boston because that would have elevated him to Jeter status if he were able to accomplish that in Boston as a shortstop, by the way. And he was also willing, to his credit, to give up money to make that happen. The players association wouldn't allow him to do it. The Red Sox wouldn't pay him his full contract, so the deal fell through. Aaron Boone hurt himself playing basketball. Yankees needed a third baseman. Brian Cashman swooped in. The rest is history. He wanted to win a championship. It's very similar uh to the Kevin Durant thing. Durant wanted to win a championship. He's playing in Oklahoma City. He's seeing Stephen Curry get all of these flowers. He's seeing LeBron James get all of these flowers. And Durant, in his mind, is like, I'm better than Curry. I'm better than LeBron. I don't think he is, but I think Durant thinks he is, and that's fair. Let me, the only thing that they have that I don't have is a championship. So let me get myself into a situation where I can win a championship. It's the same exact thing. I don't understand why that bothered Jeter so much. If I'm Derek Jeter at that point, and all I care about is winning, my team just got better. We had Aaron Boone as our third baseman last year, and now we have Alex Rodriguez as our third baseman. End of story. He should have been thrilled. Jelly in Harlem has been waiting a while. Jelly, how you doing? Jelly, you're on with Pat O'Keefe. Are you there? I think Jelly has stepped away, so let's go to Brian in Pearl River. Brian, are you there?
5: All right, Pat. Yes, I am here. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great, and go, Pat, go. Your show is tremendous. Good topic. It's more like a all-star break topic. But um, Gita, uh, uh, not coming back to the old times day. I think that's his own personal feelings, what he wants to do. Did they give him the, you know, little problem with the contract, the one they signed, the $161 million contract? Um, Was that leave a bit of taste in his mouth with Cashman and Hal, and he doesn't want to really palsy or wowsy with them? Because that's what he's going to have to do if he goes back to the ballpark because everybody's, you know, the top guys are going to want to be around him. And the thing is, um, people do become bitter. I mean, Yogi didn't come back for years. Maris didn't come back for years to the old-timers game. Had nothing to do with the Yankees. Pap Buchanan didn't come back for years. And these guys are, are men of integrity. So maybe he just felt slighted. He's a Yankee. He played. He's a very good player. I mean, there's also an argument out there. I hear this all the time: is Oh, Ojeda was overrated. He was. Like, no, listen. Ojeda was a very good player on a very good team that won five championships. Period. Okay. We can com- com- you know comment on who's better and who's got better stats. And who played longer and everything. That's, to me, that's for, you know, used to be in the street. Now it's in talk radio, those type of arguments. The guy, he won five rings. A lot of players wish they had won. A lot of great players didn't even win one ring. So there might be bitterness there. Let's face the facts. He lived a charm life. He had women coming through his windows, right? He had money thrown at him as a young guy. He got very lucky, too, in life because Joseph Paul Torrey was his first manager. Pitches some other type of managers that could have had him, that could have ruined his first couple of years and maybe set him back. Perfect guy, perfect time, Joe Torre, to be the manager of that team. The Yankees now are priced out of the market, I think. Somebody's salaries?
1: Well, let's, hold on. Let let me me just cut you off there, Brian. I'll thank you for the call. Um, Let's just keep it to Jeter. I I agree with a lot of those points. Jeter has lived a charmed life. Uh, The timing of his career worked out exceptionally well. Some people just have that timing. And I'm not saying that he had the career he had because of that. Jeter is the biggest reason why he had that career. But to that point, why why the bitterness? You know, Yogi Berra was mad at George Steinberg because he fired him 14 games into a season. Um, Roger Maris was treated horribly by Yankee fans for daring to go after a hallowed record and trying to compete for that record with a beloved Yankee, and Mickey Mantle. That's not how Derek Jeter wound up his career. Never had an issue with the fans. Fans never had an issue with Derek Jeter. Just go back to his last game, which will probably be because they keep showing clips of that last game leading up to the final at bat. Go back to that final moment. I was there in 2014 against the Orioles. The base hit to right field to win the game. I'm talking about it now and getting goosebumps remembering what that was like. There is no reason if you go back to that night and how his Yankee career ended for bitterness. All right, let's get back to the phones real quick. Mets do lead that game three, nothing. Let's go to Jack in Manhattan. Jack, how you doing?
0: Hey, what's up? Um, I think it's a terrible take you have um, overall on the Jeter thing. Look, I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a Jeter fan, but I'm not like a Jeter apologist or lover all over the board. Point is, you can look at any documentary and take your selective points to make the points that you want to make. So when look at that documentary, the last, I forget, was five or six, whatever uh, episode it was, Jeter had a whole thing on how he lost his step. And so then he talked about, he was embarrassed and he went into training. So point is, it's not like, and then he talked about the contracting. And he also talked about loyalty. So you're so surprised like, you make the point that you were there at the game when he hit the thing, and the, guess who made that happen? Him. Not Brian Cashman didn't swing that bat. So why don't you look at multiple sides, go look at those episodes again, because I think there's enough evidence in any of them to make a number of stories. Sounds like you want to have a point of view and a hot take and then take the evidence that's there. Go back and look. There's a lot of things that he does in those series that are very damning, about him, and uh, re- such you know, as revealing about him. such as a, a number of things. I mean, he, look, there's it's very factual what happened. The writer was there. What he was trolling for a quote with with A Rod. Look at the thing about the first step, and oh, Jeter's lost it. He talks about that. If he wanted to bury it and just make himself look good, he would have com- completely omitted that from the from the series. So, your
1: overall point is what?
0: My overall point is, I, I understand you're in the business of making a hot take and selectively taking things from the episodes to make your story. So, so, watching,
1: maybe, d- so watching Derek Jeter's career, and I'm cutting you off only because we're short on time, watching Derek Jeter's career and then watching him in present day give his account of his career, his, his, your opinion of him has not changed at all? We lost him. That's my point. I was there for Jeter's entire career. High school student when it started, member of the media here in New York when it finished. Watching him give his take on the events throughout his career has changed my opinion of him to a certain extent. He doesn't come off great in this documentary. I think that there's a lot more bitterness and anger. I'm not saying there's a lot. There's just, if knowing Derek Jeter's career as it played out in front of my eyes for 20 years, okay, there shouldn't be any bitterness I, I, or, or uh, animosity. There really shouldn't. And, all right, you, you, you don't like how the contract played out with Cashman in 2010. Fair. Is that enough to keep you away from old-timers day? It shouldn't be, and I don't know that it is. Where have you been? That goes back to my question um, about that. The A-Rod situation, watching it play out, I remember watching it in real time and thinking that Derek Jeter did not do enough to extend an olive branch to A-Rod, who could have been an important part of that team. And now watching it 15 years later and Jeter talking about it, he still takes zero responsibility. I do not agree with that. Am I in the business of a hot take? No, I'm in the business of coming on and talking about sports and sharing my opinions of what I observe. This has been the most important sports figure in New York in the last 25 years. There is a seven-part documentary about him that we're all enjoying, and I have some observations. I shared them over the last hour and a half. I appreciate the calls. Thanks to Connor Rogers and Christy Ackert, Jake Montgomery, and uh, Harvey Cruz for producing. Have a great weekend, everyone.